Welcome to Pat's Cast, the unofficial Regina Pat's podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. I'm Kevin. And this is our wrap-up for the 2021 season. Zach Smith back in, left circle for Denemy in front. Smith and he scores! Zach Smith has his hat-trick goal! Carter Matthew walks in. Are you kidding me? What a goal by Carter Matthew. A thing of beauty. Now the near circle. Tanner Hound scores! His first career goal! Well, thanks, Kevin, for joining us again for our season wrap-up. This is at the Blue Liner, uh, writing with the Dub Network. So thanks for Kevin for coming on and giving us his, his opinion on this season that was... Uh, so we are all done the 2021 season, the the hub, the East Hub, the Subway Hub, Sub Hub, we like to call it. <laughs> um, I mean, overall, how did you guys feel this this went? I mean, I thought it went pretty well. Um, you just look at it actually, no hiccups, one of the few sporting events or things that happened in this last year without any hiccups. I don't, I don't. Can't think of many offhand that didn't go without, you know, a test, a positive test here or there. Even in the other WHL um, situations, they've had some issues. But uh, so that wise, that way, I thought it went pretty well. And yeah, every every team got their games in. It was some pretty decent hockey for what it was. Yep. And I uh, can't really complain about it. I would I would label this as a total success given the circumstances, right? Uh, I think their first priority would have been, as you said, um, keeping everyone safe and no positive tests are uh, a good indication of that. Um, it was decent hockey. There wasn't a lot of injuries, it seemed like, um, given the tight time frame of the games and kind of the uh, going into it without a lot of warming up and, you know, kind of the the normal things they do with training camps and preseason and this and that, they were kind of right into uh, competitive hockey quite quickly. I would think uh, I would mark this up as a success. Totally agree with both you guys. Yeah. It went, it was, it was for the games I was able to get to, it was amazing. There's no issues, no problems. Yeah. It seemed professionally run and totally no. And we're, again, uh, we said it a few times. We're happy. We're thankful to have any hockey this season. It was looking pretty pretty grim. I think both Chris and I gave it a 99% chance of not happening. And uh, yeah, the powers that be, they pulled this together and, and gave us uh, something to keep uh, keep us going this year. So uh, I guess we'll congratulate the Brandon Weekings, division champs. Uh, I think I called them from the start. And uh, you guys were with the Winnipeg PA think it was but uh, i had mentioned brandon yeah I, I didn't have brandon yeah i didn't either yeah yeah no but it was close there between winnipeg they squeaked it out uh brandon by one point in the end so uh good for them that was the win against us i think that sealed it <laughs> we won't get too much into these last few games the bats the pats played uh they just weren't really aren't really worth talking about in my opinion there were some highlights but but uh, we'll get to some of those, some individual highlights, I think it was, not so much the team. Uh, it felt like they'd kind of cashed it in there by the end. Yeah, it was a little bit of a disappointing end, but you played the top two teams in the division, and uh, it wasn't un- too unexpected. 
Yeah, I know. It just would have been maybe nice to see some better efforts there to wrap up the season. But uh, all in all, the Pats end up uh, after a 24-game season, nine wins, 12 losses, and two overtime losses and one shootout loss, so really effectively 15 losses, nine and uh, 15, final record. Uh, Now, we were breaking it down between, of course, when Connor Bedard left, uh, so six wins with him and then three without uh, Kevin, you were mentioning the goal differential with and without. Yeah, in the first 15 games with Bedard, they scored 53 times for a 3.53 average. And the last nine games, they only scored 23 goals, which was 2.56. So almost a full goal difference between the first 15 and the last nine. So yeah, Bedard was pretty important. He was. And uh, I mean, that's evidenced by the scoring race as well. You have... Connor Bedard finishing at the top, tied with Riker Evans. Maybe both. I mean, to me and Chris, surprising. Kevin, you called Connor Bedard being the leading scorer. Uh, that was before you knew that he wasn't going to be here for the whole season. Uh, but you still are at least half right on this. Uh, Riker Evans being tied with him, I think, is totally out of left field. Uh, he plays 24 games, gets three goals, and 25 assists. Like... Just a surprising statistic to have your a defenseman as one of your top scorers. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> that's indicative <laughs> of something. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously you can see the impact that Connor Bedard had um, putting up 28 points in 15 games, 12 goals, 16 assists. And we talked about it in some past episodes. Most of those assists were not secondary. Most of them were primary. Were any of them secondary? One. One was. Getting into the path specifically, uh, let's talk about some of the things that you, you liked, thought were good highlights of the season, and maybe not so the uh, the lowlights, let's call them. Chris, why don't you kick us off with that? Highlights, I thought, uh, you know, some of the young guys getting in, like, you know, with it only being the 24 games, like some people are calling it the developmental season. Maybe mm-hmm. we'd like to see them, some players play more, like, like a keeper. I thought he had uh, played fairly well in his uh, few chances he got to play. Yeah. I know he got the end game there against Brandon. And, you know, I, I, what was the final score in that one? It was a tough one, but it wasn't on him, right? Yeah. Uh, the power play uh, really let him down. Um, and then the the defense, I think there's lots of young guys there getting lots of ice time. And I thought Berg, I've mentioned him a couple times, I thought he looked pretty solid like nothing flashy mm-hmm. um but just pretty solid back there uh and then forwards maybe a little more disappointing from the forwards from my perspective i thought sure. maybe some guys would take a step forward i mean we talked about uh, uh dubinsky quietly kind of racking up some points but you know i thought maybe score a few more goals like Englot maybe thought would have had a few few more goals well, after a season Smith, last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Smith, you know, got the hat trick in that last game. Uh, it was kind of nice to see that. But, you know, even Massier, Carrier, maybe chip in a few more. Stanek probably took a step forward a bit. Uh, you know, he scored a couple goals. But, uh, you yeah. know, these guys getting some experience. I thought that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Some of those players that last year were. They almost seemed like they were better last year. Not, I won't say better, but they had more production, right? Uh, better is maybe not the right word, but yeah, like a guy, 
I don't know. I was hoping Chorney would see. I mean, he did put up twelve points, yeah. but I don't know. You see more impact. It didn't feel like he had the impact um, that I would have liked to yeah. have seen, or he was He's starting a to build up. Right? To. You expect him to put up some some better numbers this year, right? Take yeah. take another step forward. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Drew Englott after his, he had a really good year last year. Um, just yeah, I didn't see the production from him. Uh, yeah, the the Fords. Just wasn't, yeah. Wasn't maybe just a little lacking this year. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I agree. The young defenseman, Leighton Feist. Uh, wow, I think he's he's going to be something coming up here in the next few years. Um, happy to see that. And again, I'm just going to say Matthew Keeper. Of course, um, really happy to see where he's coming. Um, you know, a disappointment, obviously, and uh, not his fault. But Jacob Brook being injured within what a few minutes of the season starting. Uh, I was really excited to see him play this year. Uh, hopefully he heals up and is back next year for us. Uh, I think he's got lots of potential. Just, man, he's snake-bitten. Poor guy. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, not a lot of offensive production outside of Bedard. Um, you can look at Denemy, but he's not going to be here next year. So a bit of a gap, <laughs> bit of a gap going forward, it feels like. What did you think, Kevin? Uh, a lot of guys, I think, played roles they weren't really expected to play. And I know uh, Matt was talking, there wasn't very much injury problems with the Pats, but the Pats did go through a lot of injuries. Losing Brooke right away, I think that, that threw their whole chemistry off. And like the defense, Mitchell missed games because of injury. Yeah. Johnson missed games because of injury. A whole bunch of other guys were like, Kedo missed a few games because of injuries. So... Mm. I, I think that through guys in roles they weren't prepared for, and I, I, th- I I'm sure it showed with a few of them, but I don't know. I, I I can't really say too much bad about anybody. I was disappointed in a couple, but yeah, it it is what it is. Uh, little How when he got in the uh, in the lineup, I love that kid. He's a little he's a, a tank. He's a little a little tank out there. He's gonna he's gonna score some goals for the Pats. Mm-hmm. So. I was yeah. hoping Welke could have got a couple more games just to just to get a little more experience because an idea Keeper and Welke are the only two goalies signed for next year so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, and yeah, Strusha alluded to that in I can't remember which game it was. One of these recent uh, final games where he said, "Yeah, we we couldn't sit guys and say, hey, well, this is what what the problem is here.' You know, you got to." Kind of maybe take a step back and kind of and kind of evaluate your game, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with them getting in the game and getting some experience in this season where it doesn't mean anything, right? Totally, yeah. You can't replicate game action in any practice. Twenty-four games. I mean, it was good to get these guys up here and get some get some of that development. And uh, I mean, some of the young guys. It was nice. It was, he got hurt too. Now that we're talking about injuries, um, it was Dewitt. I was hoping to see. Uh, his game a little bit more, but just cut a little bit short with some injuries. Sure. So, of course, the end of the season is always um, kind of a sad time for a couple of players. The 20-year-olds move on. Uh, so this year we, we're saying farewell to Denemy, Ross, and Walker. Um, neither spent their whole career, uh, the Pats, but uh, were impactful in their own rights. Um, Denemy came in last year and... Uh, really started to play, put up some points, and kind of found his groove with the Pats, something he hadn't found 
uh, in his other other with his other teams. Um, Ross came over and just never really felt like he got to settle and get clicked in with the Pats. Um, obviously, this year just was odd that way. And uh, Kyle Walker again came over um, and just seemed to provide that leadership and some blue line. Um, experience for us and they are on their way out um i haven't heard anything about their plans going forward not that there's a lot you can plan right now but have you guys heard anything no i uh denry said he's obviously they're all gonna look pro oh well ross has a contract right yeah or a drafted i don't know if he's signed i don't think he's signed but uh denry said he's you know awaiting pro opportunities and then he's still got they they all have the scholarship to fall back on right so yeah walker i didn't uh really hear from uh so you did get a chance to talk to struish about our 20s we will listen to that and his comments about them thank them all i mean they uh garson denemy had a great year great career he developed you know at 20 years old he had two months here to develop he developed into a a really good hockey player. We saw it last year. He played with a really good player in Connor Bedard. And as much as everybody, uh, you know, says Connor helped, helped Carson. Yeah, yeah, he did. But Carson Denemy was a big, big part of helping Connor uh, do what he did. And uh, he deserves a lot of credit for it as a 20 year old Kyle Walker for me, when we got him, um, you know, he's a hard nosed, heavy hitting physical defenseman, but you spend 30 seconds with that guy and he's a, very passionate, mature, wonderful human being. And the friendship that him and I have developed, um, it was really important. And then Roddy Ross, it's really up. It's really sad that he wasn't a part of this for so much longer because of the person he is, the character he is, and the development that he could, uh, he, he, he's, he's gotten. And the leadership he provides in the dressing, the way he carries himself is at the next level. And I think those are, you know, those are true to life, you know, people that you need a part of your organization. And uh, they were a big part of us being, you know, who we were, who we developed into and our team identity. So it's, uh, that's, that was the message in there. I spoke, uh, I spoke. Um, so anyways, he's talking about Carson, Carson Denemy. Uh, I think he just, I got a. I'd like. I would have liked to have heard from Carson just about how he felt about the season too. Just uh, it seemed like he was not that he was old, but rejuvenated, right? <laughs> playing on that line, and we talked about it before. You have the oldest player on the team playing with uh, the youngest player, and um, they really just had that that chemistry, and it was fun to watch. And I imagine he had fun playing too, right? It would have been a a pretty neat experience for him. Yeah, no doubt. And I know Bedard, in one of his last games here, you know, credited him. He's like, well, I can't be putting up all these points if guys aren't scoring goals off my passes. And, yeah. and we've seen it last year, Denmi. He had that finish, right? And it just got elevated with, uh, with the skill of Bedard giving him these passes and taking some, some time and space away from him because he has so much attention uh, placed on his game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was just really a, a perfect fit, I thought. And I'm glad it came together, and I'm glad Carson Denemy got that chance. And um, yeah, he, he was a big part of, uh, of Connor Bedard's success this season. 
Another part of wrapping up the season are the awards. Now, unfortunately, the Pats are kind of rolling them out, spaced out, what, over at least a week. So we don't have all the all the awards uh, named yet, but we'll start with the top. We have the sportsman-like, most sportsman-like player. So we have Zach Smith with a total penalty minutes of 10 this season. Uh, I think we've had lower totals. What was the one, Chris, you and I, we were doing that. Who was it that won that year and he had this, like, an exceptionally low penalty minutes wasn't it pratt or something yeah i think it was pratt he had yeah like six or something <laughs> yeah, it was something Stanek, ridiculous Stanek had two to this year so. yeah okay okay so i mean i don't i don't think it's just penalty minutes that go into the sportsman like award um but uh so congratulations congratulations to zach smith of course may or may not be coming back next year as a 20 with the pats he started to heat up there at the end. I and mean, we can talk about the hat trick in the last game, but otherwise he had some good games with uh, when he was on that line with Bedard and Denemy. Um, kind of built, starting to build a case for himself to be maybe that third 20-year-old. Yeah, like I think anybody's in play here. They've talked about bringing in possibly some skill for next year. And, you know, a 20-year-old is a valuable spot whether it's up front, uh, even in net, uh, you never know. Yeah. But yeah. I think out of what we, what, what is on the roster now, I, I've liked his game out of all of the options, or mm-hmm. I guess out of the options left, because Evans is a lock, Nyhoff's a lock, so you're looking at Massier, Chorney, and Smith, and I've liked his game much better than Chorney's and and Massiers. Yeah. Uh, he certainly built a case for himself. Uh, that's, we talk about it every year. The, the 20-year-old decision is just a shitty one. Someone has to make. I'm glad it's not us. But, it, I mean, it's not just these guys in play either. It's a lot of other players that could be could be in the mix too from who knows where. So, um, yeah. I mean, we'll get into that situation a little bit later. But continue on with the awards. The Scholastic Player of the Year to Parker Berg with an 87 overall average. And he had some, not, and these weren't just cupcake classes he had either. He had like, uh, it was in AP math and chem, he had some sciences in there too. So uh, really good for him. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been tough in this last little bit here to, there's a lot of hockey going on and uh, not a lot of supervision. I don't think maybe in those dorms, so good for him for having that, that uh, drive and, and focus during the season to to continue on and and get those sorts of sorts of marks chris did you get a scholastic player of the year or anything awards like that me no yeah. no i was the most uh uh educationally gifted student okay. <laughs> kevin uh what the same okay no awards this way not not once i left grade school anyway <laughs> Uh, and then we touched on a little bit earlier, but a tie before the leading scorer between Connor Bedard and Riker Evans. Um, so congrats to Kevin for, for calling Bedard on that one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Evans putting out, what was he in the, the WHL for defenseman? He had to have been pretty high up in the, in the, uh, the list there overall. He had 20, he had more than a point a game as a defenseman. That's that's pretty. He was second behind Cole Clayton yeah. out of Medicine Hat. Yeah, he had thirty 
30 points, 9 goals, 21 assists. So, yeah, good for Riker. Yeah, the most assists. 25 assists is the most by defenseman. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, you know, we've seen and we've talked about his game in the past where it's been uh, it's been pretty good and he just took that next step this year, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what you wanted to see from some of these older guys like we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, it was really good to see. Uh, moving on to the Mike Cartouche Community Cartouche. Service Award, off to Logan Nyhoff for his work with the Hockey Gives Blood uh, initiative and the Connexus Financial Literacy Program. Have you given blood yet lately? Me, I don't know. Man, you Me are neither. not going to get any no. awards. <laughs> <laughs> I did a while ago. And actually, just as Hockey Gives Blood was kicking off, um, I did, but I haven't since. That was a few years ago. I should get back out there. But it's always nice to see your your captain getting this kind of award. I think that uh, that goes a long ways. And some yeah, of those been... older guys are usually out and about uh, quite a bit. I mean, in a regular year anyways. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're out of school, so they've got the time to, to give back. Right. So like I said, we, uh, we're not getting through all the awards yet because they're not all named. We were talking about it, though we feel like we could probably identify a few of these so we're going to start with the defensive or defenseman of the year i mean i mean the easy answer is Riker evans but i mean you can make an argument for some other players uh kevin you were mentioning a few few guys uh the pats are known to split the awards so maybe evans and walker can share it i don't know like, Evans, like is, totally, Evans like, is the obvious. Name, name two Walker people. played well. So. Okay. So name two. Yeah. Okay. Sure, why not? <laughs> There's no rules. Hey, it's your award. There's <laughs> yeah, no rules. You can do exactly. whatever you want. <laughs> you can do whatever exactly. you want. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, but I think you're right. It's either between Evans and and Kyle Walker for that. Uh, the rookie of the year. I don't think we even need to discuss that one. Uh, popular player? Do you think it just goes to Bedard without any? Yeah, that's yeah. Hands down. <laughs> <laughs> if it, it's voted by the fans, by the way, so um, I I don't I don't see how it goes to anyone else. And then the one that is a wild card for us, though, is the unsung hero. Um, Kevin. Uh, I'm gonna say Stanek. I, I don't really, that's it. I just saying who, I don't really have too much to say yeah, other than no. I think he played really well and just maybe didn't get the stats behind it. Uh, he looked good at times and just didn't get the I, numbers. I would say Zach Smith. Like I, okay. I just cause I personally like his game, but and you know, he doesn't get a ton of publicity. Okay. Well, I'll go with uh mass here. Okay. Okay. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like it's throwing a dart, right? Like, you have no idea. Um, yeah, yeah, Master. He was exciting to watch too, man. He's got wheels. He's yeah. He's definitely. fun to watch as a player. So, and you know that last what was it in the Winnipeg game? The last game where he had the between the legs goal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was nice. That was very nice. Okay, well, uh, I mean, that kind of wraps up this year. Really, got the awards out. Season's all done. Is it time to start thinking about next year? No better time than now. 
Sure. So before we get into it, let's hear about uh, let's hear from Logan Nyhoff uh, about his feelings about this team going forward. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um, you know, obviously we're we're still very young, so we're going to need a lot of guys to step up next year, like we did in these last five games. Aside from tonight, I thought we were a really good team. Um, you know, we kind of found our identity late there, um, being a, a hard nosed team. And we definitely need to play that in our advantage next year. Um, but yeah, lots of guys are going to have to step up for sure. Losing uh, Denemy and Walker and Rosser is going to be uh, a big loss for us. So um, no, it'll be fun and uh, it's extremely exciting. Looking forward to hopefully uh, being a contender. I mean, we're right there. We'll see what happens with PA and Swift. We would have been in the wild card spot. So uh, definitely a lot of excitement. You've been through, you know, the highs and the lows of this team over the your past four or five seasons here. What do you kind of think the team's going to look like going into these next this next season, even into the season after after you're gone? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been extremely fortunate to to be with this club for so long, and you know, be here at, at its highest, and then again at its lowest. So. Um, but I think we're definitely moving in the right direction. We got a lot of good young guys. Uh, extremely exciting to have Bedard back, you know. And then after that, when I'm gone, you know, we got a really bright future. I think Dards will be back for another year. And then keepers looking really good. So it'll be exciting to have a young goalie. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Max Paddock. So um, hopefully he can take that step in his game and be a, a good starter for us. Um, and yeah, like I said, the young guys, it's a big off season for everyone. I mean, they've got their toes wet now. So, um, yeah, for sure, I think we're heading in the right direction. So Logan mentions um, this team being contender next year. And I hate to talk about it already, but the reality is Connor Bedard's here for two years, 17. Totally, yeah. And then he's off when he's 18, likely, right, if things continue the way they are. Um, and we have no reason to you can't bet on him coming back at 18. No. So this team has two years <laughs> to be a contender. And, uh, I mean, there's, there's, a, they're not there right now. Right. Um, nope. Nyhoff says this team's, what was the word he used? A, a grinder or hard grinding team. Like, I don't know. Is that a is that a contender style team to you? Like, is that what you think a description of a contender is? Like, I don't know. These are loaded questions, and there's there's you could talk forever about this, but I don't know. I I think there's some movement that needs to happen somewhere along the lines here. Yeah, because you look at the seventeen team, where you know the most recent successful team that we've seen, mm-hmm. and they had skill, right? Like yeah. it was all skill and that's that's how you win and they didn't even then they still didn't win the championship, right? Yeah. So Yeah. It's uh it's gonna be tough, I think. They have to make some moves. What do you think, Kevin? They need to find goals. They gotta yeah. find some goals somewhere. Even if it's within, yay. If not, they need to they need to find them somewhere. And that's kind of what I was maybe getting to too. Is it a team how do you build your team? Do you make do you make it just a team that outscores the other team? Kind of like we did, right? And sometimes you're giving up a bunch of goals, um, but you're just scoring a lot. Does that get you far enough? 
I think in this league it does. Yeah. You know, it doesn't in the NHL, right? No, no. But in this league, you can outscore teams, right? Yeah. You can, you can, there's enough talent discrepancy between teams that you can, you can do that. Yeah. I know those are big questions, maybe without answers, but the reality is it's, it sucks. Like as exciting as it is, it does, it is to have Bedard on the team, um, it's kind of a little bit worrisome too that the small window that he's here uh, will go by quickly. And it feels like we've been rebuilding now for a while. This season kind of uh, throws a wrench into your rebuild as well. Um, it's kind of time to to get going here. <laughs> and uh, you actually, you had a good chance to talk to Dave Struch too here about and both of them use the word the identity of the team, and I think that's the question I have too: is what is the identity of the team, and where they're going to be building towards? What's the goals? Um, of course, this this isn't on on Dave Struish. This is on uh, John Paddock as well, who's doing his part. And I I always and we've said it before in Paddock, we trust he is wise, and I think he's got some ideas going. Um, and we'll see, but, uh, yeah, like I said, you had this chance to talk to Dave, uh, about, about the future. So we will listen to that now. Well, we've, we've, we've always talked about a team identity and how we've wanted to play. And with a young group, it's hard to develop that identity because you need to get them older. And I think that we have established something here with this group and being hard to play against no matter who we play last night, it was hard for Swift current to play against us. Yeah. They won the game, but they had a tough time winning that game. We did. We played hard and I'm sure that back to Swift and, and PA, I think Winnipeg has probably had the easiest time against us. You know, we've got one more game against them, but our identity, our team identity has, has come a long ways. And it's the way that we want to play so that when we do get higher end skill in the lineup and we're playing this way, I think that we can have some success down the road. Uh, we just hope that we can uh, continue to grow together so that we can uh, win together. However long that may take one, two years, we're still going to be a young group next year. So uh, establishing this identity and maintaining it is going to be really important. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from the year. So again, he uses the word identity numerous times throughout that. I don't, I don't know what the team doesn't feel like it has a great identity right now, and I feel like they need to find it fairly quickly. Um, do you think? Do you think the players we have now are going to be the ones that can bring it? I mean, he talked about like playing a physical style game as well. And getting some wins. Being a hard like, team well, to play against. Yeah, yeah, right. But that's, that's, and I know I, in another interview, I know he talked about the Seattle series, right? And, and them being physical, but they had skill as well, right? You, you mm-hmm. got to have both. You yeah. can't just rely on being physical and trying to outwork teams to win. Yeah, sure. You can win some games in the regular season, but you can't go on a deep playoff run like that. You need skill. And hard work, some grit, and 
and some grit, right? Yeah. So, and consistency with all that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for us to reflect back to that season. Um, and where things kind of fell apart was when it got late and it got gritty. And uh, we think back to, and he's he's one of the players I despise the most, but Ottenbright with, with Seattle, that man between him and Barzell, they changed, they influenced that, that series so much. Uh, so you have that high end talent, but you need, you need that bit of grit. And then, I mean, I didn't like how as a Pats fan, I hated how it played out, but that guy, he changed that, that, uh, series fairly significantly. Um, and that's, I mean, hockey's changing, but it's still, that's not that long ago. It still is like that. So those players aren't uh, the hardest to come by, but um, they're probably the easiest, actually. <laughs> it's the high-end talent that I think we need to surround Connor Bedard with. And hmm, I don't know, where do, you, where do you build it? How do you get that? Well, I think that's where maybe this year was the last year where you could not couldn't make trades but the trade window was pretty pretty slim just before the season started yep and you could they didn't obviously didn't feel like making any moves this year so you, you lose that kind of area but i mean you got this whole off season here to, to start start making some some decisions right like you said there's a there's 20 year old decisions to be made and maybe they bring in a 20 year old somewhere else Mm -hmm. you know you know you're you're looking at the 19s for next year well you got carrier brook angle at dubinsky up front mitchell and cadeau on the back end you know do those inspire you as top end players because 19s drive this league right yeah so it's 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 a tough uh i think it's going to be tough sledding what do you think kevin I agree. It's gonna it's gonna be hard for them to get going, especially with the Bantam draft or whatever they're gonna call it going forward. When is that gonna happen? When are the picks gonna start getting flip flopped and stuff? So it's it's gonna be an interesting build. It's gonna be tough. They might be selling some assets again. Yeah, if they want to win. Definitely. Right. <laughs> then we're and- right back in this. Oh god. Yeah, the per- the perpetual rebuild. Yeah, Sheesh. yeah. And ah. just taking a quick glance, like I can only see one championship with an exceptional status player, and that was with Joe Valeno and the St. John Sea Dogs in sixteen seventeen. Like okay. Tavares didn't win a championship. McDavid didn't win a championship. Ekblad went to Game Seven of the OHL final. I mean, he's a defenseman, mm-hmm. so he doesn't, you know, he's not that, not that he wasn't high end, but, you know, he doesn't score the goals, mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? He didn't win a championship. He was close, but so that's, you know, and that's the thing we were talking about earlier. These exceptional status players don't join good teams, right? Yeah. And they don't and stay I mean, around long enough for a build. And they don't stick around long enough. I mean, the Pats weren't the worst team in the league. But they're at the bottom. Pretty near. So near the bottom. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it, it's it's tough for these exceptional status players. Sure, they can maybe drag the team far, but yeah. they need some help. Yeah. And it's tough to turn around these teams in two years quickly, right? It is. It is without, again, selling off picks and doing that and this. and ugh. Yeah, we'll see. And, ex- and, and drafting at 15, right? Because you lose a year right there. Oh, I know. I know. Like going into next year now, yeah, you draft. Okay, we have a great draft, whatever, but they're not, those players aren't going to matter. It's the guys we drafted last year. Last year. And, and when we didn't have picks, right? Like yeah. it's, huh. Cause you look at the, the list players, there's nobody really, uh, well at 18, you got Ian Samoza and, and the import pick Samozil. Mm-hmm. So, and then you look at your 17s, there's a, a list, of unsigned guys and in, in 16s is a lot, but even at 16, that's the same age as Bedard. So you, you, you need some, not better talent, but you need some older talent older, yeah, absolutely. with him because 16s aren't going to, aren't going to help Bedard at this point, aren't going to help this team. We need 18s and 19s. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, it, it's, what do you want to say? Is it bittersweet? I mean, it's awesome we have him, but it's going to be a lot of work to build a team around him in a very short period of time. The reality is, like, it's it's two seasons that we have and and this lost season almost with uh, with this year. A lot of work to yeah, be done. Yeah, the, 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 the free year is kind of got wasted, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of work to be done. Uh, we don't have to necessarily worry about it. We just talk about it, which is nice. It's nice being on this side. <laughs> it's nice being on this side. But uh, yeah, we can't dwell too much. There's too many unknowns, too many questions. And since we are on this side, we really don't have the answers, but we can talk about them a little bit. But we won't dwell on them because uh, uh, it's not going to do us anything. So. Let's continue on. Let's talk about uh, Connor Bedard's performance at the U18s. So Chris and I both had picked him at... What, what, what did you vote on the poll there? What did you actually pick? 15 plus. Yeah. yeah. 15 to 18, was it? Yeah, I think that's what I picked too. And damn, he was close. And you know what? I was thinking about it. The only thing that maybe held him back more was the quality of the other players on Team Canada. Right? Like that first game against Sweden, where they put up a ton of points, he didn't have that many. Because, uh, yeah, Shane, he, he only had what one point in that yeah, game? Yeah, I think he had an assist. Everyone else was just taking it off and getting all the points and, and whatnot. So, um, I started to think it's not the competition that's slowing him down, it's <laughs> almost his own team being so good as well. Uh, with Shane Wright, man, that phew, these exceptional status kids, like, wow. Just phenomenal. I hadn't seen really seen Shane Wright play uh, up until this point. And boy, I mean, how many points did he put up? He missed two games. Like, what a great performance. And that was that was actually the kind of the most exciting hockey I've seen. Most excited at least I've been for hockey in a little while. Uh it was it was it was a nice treat. I was really happy with that tournament. Yeah, and yeah, it was nice. I don't think I've ever watched the under 18s before. No. Like uh, oh, I'll admit I hadn't. Have you, Kevin? 
uh, here and there, but nothing like this. I watched all. I watched every game they showed on TSN. So yeah, exactly. Right. There's nothing else going on right now. So right. it's like everybody's dialed into this. Yep. And, and yeah, we kind of thought we look at the competition. And you're like, okay, Sweden, and then you got Belarus and and Switzerland. So we think he can rack up some points in those games, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah, there's some lower competition, but he upped his game in the, in the medal round, which yeah. was impressive, right? Yeah, he really like, turned he it stepped on up. That gold medal game too was, whew. I mean, well, he had the hat trick in the semis, but boy, the gold medal game, he really put a stamp on it too. That, that backhand shot he had was just, <laughs> what was that? Like, <laughs> unreal. To, unreal, exactly unreal it, like uh, i think it was him okay so he set up uh mctav uh was it yeah mctavish uh-huh. back door and he missed the net yes so yes. maybe he's a little pissed off not not, not that he's pissed off but like oh that's a missed opportunity then he 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 has the penalty shot he goes mm-hmm. to his i think it's low he was trying to go low glove where he's done or he had done in the in the WHL here, and he'd scored pretty regularly on it. Yep. With his quick release, and he gets stopped. And now he's now he's pissed. Now he's so mad. Next you don't now, want him mad. <laughs> it's like oh no. And he gets he gets, <laughs> and he's got the neutral zone. He winds up in the neutral zone, and he just dangles that defenseman in that backhand. Oh, where did that come from? Like oh, that's that's, that's the cr- like a Crosby esque backhand. But it was like when you do that lateral move to your backhand usually you like go across and then backhand it but he did it so fast he wasn't even through his like deep to his backhand it was like halfway and then the shot's gone it was just i'm sure that goaltender was just caught off guard it was yeah it was like he did it mid move and then got that velocity and that uh, that target it was just ugh just phenomenal. Like I said, unreal. <laughs> it really was. And I mean, maybe just the casual fan watching it. And again, I, I played a bit of hockey, but to watch when you see enough goals, you'd be used to you'd expect him to move, finish that move to his backhand and then shoot it. But it was like halfway through and then he's shooting and it wasn't like a dribble to get that force. It just it's unbelievable. And I'm just yeah, so like excited to backhand, watch him play. Yeah. And like the backhand is kind of like out of style, but the only guy like I can think of is Crosby that still really is going hard with that backhand with his like straight stick, right? He, he He's he's still strong on that backhand. Yeah. Like you've seen him score some nice backhand goals. And then, uh, I mean, it was a good game. It kind of got, it was, Russia was pushing though. I was actually kind of excited to see us down they hadn't played down um so to come back and and have to uh come back from a deficit twice i think weren't they down twice yeah yeah Yeah, they were um showed a lot that russian goaltender played really well um yeah it was a good tournament i was happy with it uh bedard getting 14 points tying mcdavid i guess fitting (laughs) it would have been nice to beat him (laughs) Would have been nice to beat him, um, but whatever. And Bedard was named not player. He didn't get like a single out, but he was named to the some team. I don't know which one. The kind of the All Star team. <clears throat> it yeah. was. Okay. So good for him. Um, yeah, I think he. 
his team was so good that he probably would have had more points if they didn't take them all. But uh, it was really good. I was happy to see that uh, good TSN coverage again. Yeah, it was nice to see. Um, yeah. And then the Russian, you talk about the Russian team, they had some high-end skill, right? Yeah. And, and TSN pumped it every every time, right? Yeah. And it was nice to see Mitchoff, which is going to be, you know, one-two with Bedard, I think, in 2023. And he lit it up, like, 12 goals. Like, that's that's impressive. Yeah. Like, and I think, you know, when you look at even this level, um you can tell like where the cream starts to rise is just their shots are so much better. Like you could even see it even in this high level. There's the ones that just have that next level shot. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's almost like a pro level shot at some point, right? Like you're seeing some of these kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. You you look at right. Bedard, Mitchell, they've got pro level shots already, right? Like Mm -hmm. even seeing it, like Kevin will attest to this, seeing Bedard live, he's got a, pro shot already mm-hmm. and 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 everybody was talking a shot but it's not just a shot it's his iq as well like you've seen him set up dan and me how many times so he like it's not just a one-dimensional game for mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. yeah anything else to say about that tournament uh i would have liked to see Svozil play yeah. Um, yeah, he... i wasn't able to catch either the czech games that were covered and just to see what he's about like i don't know much about him and that's even if we can get him over here next year yeah uh you know stabilize or you know bring some talent into that back end hey that'd be a good first piece to start with hey you think there's a chance you never know right so getting on with some more off-topic news some unfortunate news really coming out of regina um longtime leader post coverage uh writer beat writer Greg Harder is moving on from his. Uh, he's still with the Leader Post, just in a different, a different uh, position. So leaving a really pretty significant gap there. Uh, I mean, I never really talked to Greg. I think you did. You've had some interactions with him, Chris. Yeah, a little bit last year. It was just basically him and I covering the yeah. team on a game by game basis. Yeah, and I hope he really did bring bring this to the forefront with the leader post and the local media. Um, I just really hope whoever's coming in behind him fills that gap. Um, we've got some great coverage with, with dub network, of course, but um, just getting into the papers and stuff like that. Uh, Greg did such a fantastic job. Um, he had at least one article a week, probably like more than that though. in and during the season regarding the Pats and, uh, I hope someone's in there to fill that role. Uh, I did nominate Kevin. <laughs> I did say, I, I don't know, you don't have a journalism degree though, it sounds like? No, Okay. not there. <laughs> mm. Well, like I said, Chris and I will be references for you. Uh, <laughs> if the leader post is listening, reach out to at the blue liner. <laughs> uh, um, no, it's sad, but it sounds like he's going on to something else. Yeah, and I think he like he's been around the team for so long now, yeah. uh, 20 years. And he had that inside scoop, right? Like he's the only one in the city that's really covering the bats properly. Yeah. Like, you know, you see in the articles, like the ownership change, like not change, but shake up, right? Like 
he's the only one that's got that scoop, right? Like Rob Van Stone's article mentioned, like he's got the inside scoop with the Pats, mm-hmm. and nobody else in the city does. And you know, we see all three of us now. You know, we had access to the the media access, and you see the other ones. You know, they're here and there, just a little part time. You know, once Bedard was gone, you know, the the coverage was lacking, mm-hmm. and 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 Greg was the only one that was there every single game, right? Going to be interesting what what the Leader Post does and Regina Media does going forward with that gap. Um, I think having Bedard will help find the people will the journalists will come to it. But uh, after that, yeah, I mean, Greg had obviously a passion for the Pats and junior hockey that uh, not many people do. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes over the next few years. Uh, so speaking of Bedard, did you guys get your hockey cards? Yeah. Did yeah, you? I did. Yes. Did you pay retail for them or? <laughs> yes, I paid retail. <laughs> retail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know there's some, uh, there's some people out there that are trying to take advantage of this, this hype and selling those. I'm not saying selling, they're listing them for just disgusting prices. I hope it's none of our listeners because come on, man, that's a little, little low. Because really, now I just saw the re- most recent tweet. So the first batch had, what, 2,500? I think 2,500 total. I think it was just yes. 500 the first day, right? 25. I think the full run was 2,500. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So those went fairly quickly, I think, within the day? Yeah, within hours, a couple hours. Okay. Okay. Uh, they're re-releasing them. Like, don't, don't go out and spend. Some people have them posted for over $100. Um, just wait till they come out again. Don't go and spend all that well, money. I think they're done, done now, right? I believe that their twenty five hundred is done then. Yeah, this week was the last like set of five hundred, I think. Oh, so it's the same. They made twenty five hundred, and they just released them slowly. Slowly, yeah. Oh, so there's not going to be more than twenty five hundred. I no, no, twenty five hundred is the limit. So now, if you didn't oh, get any, oh, okay. Now, well, I then think... mine are for sale. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I thought it meant they were doing another run and they'll just keep no, printing so them. I think it was the case. They had 2,500 planned and they released 500 the first day. Oh. And then the next week was another 500 sure, okay. kind of thing, right? Okay. Or 1,000 the next week or whatever. Oh, the way I interpreted it was they had 2,500, sold them, and they're just going to print some more. No, no, no. It was 2,500 total. Oh. All right, well, now I'm happy I got some. <laughs> so the guy on Facebook saying that there was only 500 printed that was selling them for 70 and now has lowered his price to 50, mm. you know, he's he's still out there. And But yeah, the total was 2,500, I think. Oh, so. I see. And they're not going to And I mean, there was, there was some pushback maybe on the price as 15 well. bucks? Yeah, I mean, they're, normally you'd get them at free. <laughs> For free at co-op. Yeah, free at, at the co-op. Right? <laughs> yeah, you just walk in. And... Like I work, I work right next to the co-op, and I just walk over and get one every every week, right? Yeah, but... you don't even have to buy gas, do you? No, 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 you can just walk in. They just had stacks of them. Yeah, they were just right on the till or right <laughs> on the counter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting. Maybe they will be a bit of. Uh... I haven't even opened my package yet, actually. So mine's sealed, factory sealed. <laughs> Well, you can maybe sell it for more down <laughs> down the line then. Yeah. 
I've touched mine, so it's it's already lost oh, in value, yeah. right? That's garbage. <laughs> that was nothing. Um. Anyways, moving on. Uh, how about the rest of the WHL? You guys been following it? Kevin and I were just talking about that before you came on, and we we're like, nope, nope, not really. Yeah, not really. Here yeah. and there, but not much. No. So it, it does sound like uh, the central's all done, right? Yeah. BC's got a few games left this weekend, and the U.S. division's still trucking along. And actually, the first teams to allow fans back in. Uh, is in the U.S. division, the Tri-City Americans, allowing fans, if they're fully vaccinated, I don't know how they're telling that. I guess you have to show something, some sticker or... Your vaccine <laughs> passport or whatever they're calling it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hey, it's positive news. Fans back at the WHL. Uh, so that's that's a good start and maybe indicative of next year. Well, I think by next year the u.s division would be wide open for fans canada oh, yeah. might be another story you never know right there's two totally different mindsets here right i what do you think now that we're on the topic what do you think do you think we'll be there i do yeah. uh, i i wouldn't see why not but you never know right i think so i think we'll be i there. think so i i i'd hope so but i mean like I said, in the States, there's stuff happening that's wide open already, right? They're so much further ahead than us, though. They right? are way further yeah. ahead. Yeah. Uh, but things are coming together here. Uh, I think, I mean, it's only May. I think by yeah. October, I think we'll be watching hockey. Live. Live. In person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other league. So of course we know the O is done. They're done like dinner. They're not playing. Uh, but the Q, the Q's trucking along. They're in playoffs. They're going to be awarding their trophy and they just do their own thing there. Hey. Yeah, they do. It's Quebec, <laughs> right? They do their own thing. They really so yeah, do. they're in the, they're in the quarterfinals. They're down to eight teams. I uh, just started, uh, I don't know, maybe this weekend. There's two games played. So if you're still interested in some junior hockey there yeah, pick up as a, well, there's some playoff there. <clears throat> pick up a CHL pass, CHL hockey pass, and you can watch them play. Um, another little tidbit, too, is because of the success of the, the sub-hub here in Regina, the Women's World Hockey Championship may end up here is what I've heard. Uh, of course, they got shut down in Halifax. I think they're supposed to be playing probably right now. And uh, so they were shut down. And I don't know, they said, you know, do the success of, of the sub hub here. I guess it wouldn't be the sub hub at that time. But uh, this, this you know, you, using the university and the Brandt Center worked out fairly well for the Pats and, and all the other teams that uh, they, may, uh, they may take up advantage of that situation. Uh, it wouldn't be... Any fans, I imagine, but... What uh, what were the dates for that? I don't know. I know they canceled it. People were already there. They were starting to isolate. Because I, I thought I'd heard sometime in the fall. Well, does that maybe... August 20 to 31. Okay, there we go. So that wouldn't uh, cross over with the, with the Pats, right? Like, with mm-hmm. the season. Cause, Definitely not. Because... Uh, we do we have a solid start date yet, or has it just been pushed back in def or kind of like uh, to be determined later? 
to be determined. Yeah, there's there's been no official word. Okay. Yeah. So that's the only thing I was thinking, right? Is there going to be some, yeah, some overlap there? Yeah, the women's world hockey championships were supposed to be going right now. Actually. Yeah, I just seen it starts. Uh, it's supposed to start yesterday. Yeah, but they've been they've been moved to August twenty to thirty one. Okay, with no location. Yeah, no. to be determined. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, there's a there's a few. Of places mentioned, including Regina. Yeah, whether not that official word, but you know, kind of, you know, oh, maybe Regina's a sh- an opportunity for them to go from you know some media outlets. Okay, gentlemen, anything else you want to go over this season? This is the season wrap up. Anything else you want to say? Closing comments, there, Chris. Uh, it was nice to see some hockey. Like we said, we weren't too sure or weren't too. Uh, positive about some hockey this season so it was nice to see some some hockey played uh maybe we were expecting a little better outcome of the games but uh all in all it was yeah, it was just great to have some hockey oh one other thing we didn't mention uh phil andrews is officially done after this year uh yes so he had his official not retirement, but uh, moving on statement on Twitter today. Yes, I saw that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's speaking of shoes to fill, That is, those are big shoes to fill for the Regina Pats. Uh, fill in his iconic voice. Um, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Um, we'll see. Uh, is, is, is it Evan? Is that the consensus? Yeah. I was going to say, is, is it going to be Evan? Like, did he get, you know, maybe a little grooming this year, a little taste of it? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done broadcasting before. Yeah. So. And uh, Kevin, I'll give you the last the last word. Why do, why do I get the last word? Because <laughs> you're the honored guest. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was like, like Chris said, it was, it was good to get hockey in. It was nice to see them play. The, the outcome, meh, whatever. It wasn't, wasn't the way everybody was hoping for. But we got to, what we got expected, to see, though. Got to, got to see Bedard. Mm-hmm. Got to see a, a few of the younger guys. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully things can get better. I'm sure they will, because I, I don't think Paddock will uh, will let it continue like this. And I look forward to late September, October, whenever they start up for 2021. Awesome. So we will. Thank you, Kevin. We will wrap up this season of Pat's cast back next year, Chris. Of course. Definitely. Sure. Let's do it again. All again next year. You guys, we will be back. We'll, uh, probably once we hear about draft and schedules and, and things like that, we will have a, a summer episode and get back to you guys. And yeah, let's do it all again. All right. Yeah, well, have a good summer. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you again, Kevin. Check out Kevin's articles on Dub Network as well as all the other great information and WHL-related news they put out. And we will talk to you guys later. Good night. See you guys.